Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello. It is the 8th of February. This is the COB. Great to be here with you. I'm Nadine Blaney and uh, joining me in our wonderful studio is David Scott. Scuddy, how's your day? Been fantastic. It's always a pleasure to be uh, in the chipper company of yourself on a Monday. <laughs> right. Well, it was a pretty positive day out there. Um, I don't take all of my cues from equity markets, of course. That would be bit strange. But, um, you know, all things considered, it was a Monday. We weren't expecting to see great gains when trade got underway. But we had a lot of the different sectors coming to the party. So we had the banks looking well and good. We had the miners looking particularly strong, I've got to say, with BHP, Rio and Fortescue up between 2 and 3%. And uh, yeah, the energy space as well looking pretty good. So tick, tick, tick. Cyclicals all the way. But part of course, of course, you know, you can also go to add uh, information technology into that list, which are some stellar gains, including with uh, with the uh, zip yeah. up over thirteen percent when I last looked. But uh, no huge gains on a day. But it really, there was uh, no what you would call market moving news related to the stock. Yeah. So um, when you've got yeah Infotech joining the party, everything's looking pretty good. Add to that a little bit of M and A activity. With Vocus, so Vocus is uh, mulling over an offer that's been made. So M and A, what do what do you think this is actually? I mean, we will see, according to everybody that I speak with, more M and A coming through in this year because rates are low, companies are cashed up, and it's the start of an economic cycle. So uh, you put those three factors together, and you naturally expect to see some deal making to go and take place. Um, it is interesting to go and see growth via acquisition. Uh, when it starts becoming all about that, I find that when it starts becoming all acquisition via script, it's uh, one of those contrarian uh, indicators. But uh, for the time being, there's nothing that looks like it's too untoward when it comes to observing this uh, this rally run away. So up six tenths of a percent for the XJO. I think it's worthwhile mentioning that we also saw um, it reporting season kicking it up a notch. We had Charter Hall Long Whale REIT coming through, half year results, interim distribution, 14 and a half cents per unit. Uh, first half operating earnings up to $73.6 million. So that was up 41% on year. You spoke with Avi Anger. He's the fund manager there. What was he saying about, about the outlook? I know they're quite pleased and chuffed with their diversification strategy. Yeah, diversification and uh, and talking about growth via acquisitions uh, on the hunt for uh, for assets uh, should they go and pop up from time to time. So some aggressive uh, no moves that were made in the first half of the year and uh, didn't uh, talk down the prospect of maybe some more deal-making uh, taking place uh, there over the remainder of FY21. Okay, so if you'd like to listen to that interview with Avi Anger, uh, you can do so via the show notes. We also, you and I had a good chat with Todd Warren from Tribeca. His reporting season watch list, buybacks, dividends, and specials in the mining space. And you cannot, uh, it'd be difficult to disagree considering the prices that many Australian miners have been getting for their commodity. 
Yeah, it's really uh, interesting. There's a lot of talk out there and a lot of uh, speculation about this being a structural event. So I uh, know a structural improvement for demand, which means, of course, supply side has to respond. And that takes years when it comes to uh, to the mining sector. So I can see the bullish narrative. Of course, it's uh, it's it's premised on the fact that we're going to see a lot of infrastructure rolled out. And of course, so much of key is what happens in China. Yeah, absolutely. And um, he gave us a thought on IMDX. IMD is the ticker code. That's another company that reported today. It's in mining tech related to mining services. Share price was up by 7.5% today. You can hear Todd's thoughts on that one, IMD. So reporting season continues to be a big thematic. It will only be more so when we get through this week. CBA uh, is coming through with its results on Wednesday morning, but you've got to think that, you know, there's a lot of the optimism baked in, or is there? You know, you talked about the return to cyclicals. We've talked about rising bond yields. Uh, 67% share price gain since March. Scuddy, what is that setting you up for? Well, it says that expectations are fairly high going into them. Obviously, uh, you don't get a move in that magnitude, particularly uh, relative to the rest of the market where the other banks fell quite heavily uh, during that pandemic plunge that we saw back in March. But uh, it's really interesting. So um, I pay pretty close attention to what the CBA economists are telling us when it comes to the internal data they're seeing, the internal figures they're seeing when it comes to spending and incomes and lending demand. Uh, because they're getting a real-time indication of what is going on on the ground, whereas you have to go and wait several months for the uh, other indicators to come out. And they have been consistently positive throughout this whole pandemic recovery phase. And I just wonder whether the message that we can go and take from that is that, well, they're seeing a whole bunch of data which is being flowed through to other business units, which they don't have access to the information for, but it's pretty much going to be telling the same kind of story. If the story is really optimistic, then I suspect that the results are going to be pretty bullish and give us a pretty strong indication as to how the local economy is faring. Yeah, I I always uh, enjoy reading these reports in much detail for those little insights that you do get. And on on the bigger picture, though, you've got to say a lot of, you know, the easy answer for what we're looking for in these results is indication about the dividend and the dividend payout ratio and where that's heading to throughout the year if we do see provisioning continue to improve, if the economic outlook is fairly decent as well. It was really intriguing to go and see that uplift in uh, in new uh, investor finance that came through with the housing finance data mm-hmm. late last week because it's been one of the missing ingredients when it comes to that uh, system loan growth and a big acceleration there so if that's sustained and we start seeing investors come back to the party at a time when you have first home buyers involved and time when you have owner occupiers uh, both boom both those latter two categories at record highs then you throw in the prospect of having migratory flows start to go and pick up in the uh, the coming quarters and that's something that is going to start to take place um, you look at what's going to go for system loan growth. Well, CBA stands well poised to go and, and capitalise on that. And in an environment where demand is so strong for housing, which of course is such a big part of the uh, the CBA asset portfolio, uh, any distressed assets that do end up hitting the market, I suspect will be snapped up and the CBA is not going to lose them. So putting it all together, just the macro environment uh, suggests to me that uh, there's plenty of grounds for our performance, uh, both on the uh, the the provisioning and the uh, the income front coming through. And that generally spells some pretty good signs for a dividend policy as well. Yeah. Okay. So CBA is on Wednesday. Look, we get a whole raft of big companies reporting throughout this week. Tomorrow, just going from um, my memory, we've got Dexis reporting. Who else? Scuddy? Um, oh, you're putting him on the spot yeah, now. Yeah, I know. I did. I just put us both on the spot and I'm trying to get my screen up and uh, it's not loading. But... 
um, yeah, it's a big day tomorrow. Trust us, we'll get you across it all. We'll be speaking with Challenger Financial, the MD there just after one. Challenger is one of those that's coming through. Uh, listen, before I dig myself an even bigger hole, you just got to watch Ozbiz, don't you, Scotty? Exactly right. And everyone knows I've got, a, I've got a memory like a goldfish, so it just goes out <laughs> one ear out the other. So what were we talking about before? Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. Well, let's talk Magellan, shall we? Because Kashi, you know, I, I overheard a conversation he was having with some of our guests a few days ago. And, uh, you know, he's just sort of asking these guys whether we're seeing a little bit of the gloss come off of Magellan and why that might be. So that was the stock of the day on the call today. David Novak from Wealthwise Education, Francesco DeStratus from Ord Manette. Here's a listen to what Francesco had to say, and he's actually taking a different view than the house there at Ord Manette. Listen in. I think, you know, maybe a little bit of gloss has come off, so a bit of underperformance in their funds. Um, They're still getting some inflows and quality inflows, but there's always going to be a lag to that as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they perform over the next six to 12 months. Yeah. Um, they have had, you know, every fund manager has their day in the sun. Um, they've had theirs. Is this coming to an end? I don't know. Our analysts have still got a buy on the stock. Uh, I wouldn't be still overly do. excited about that buy okay. recommendation myself. Um, on, on evaluation, you know, looking at PEs and dividends and that, they're still reasonably sound. Um, right. So I'm not, not too... Um, you know, scared by sort of high PEs and, and low dividend right. yields. So, the, so that's fairly sound. Uh, but I wouldn't expect a huge amount more out of the share price. So, um, look, you know, is, is it is it um, um, all over for Magellan? I don't think so. Right. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see over the next six to 12 months how they perform. Interesting. Um, this one, Magellan and CSL, it's all driven, exactly correlated to the, the rally in the Aussie dollar. Right, okay. At the end of October, if you look at both stocks, right. they've both sharply fallen because of the strong Aussie dollar. Right. So the Aussie's gone from 70 cents at the end of October to a high of, of what, even 79, I think it was. Yep. I hold on right. it, but I'll be watching the currency because that's, to me, the indicator for um, a turnaround in, the, in Magellan. So that was what David Novak and Francesco DeStratus had to say about Magellan MFG. If you want to listen to their comments in their entirety, you can um, listen into the uh, the call, I should say, and you can do that via podcast if you want to do it on the go, walking the dog tonight or something like that, or you can, you know, again, watch on the app or via the website. So, Scuddy, I thought I'd give us a chance to redeem ourselves. We've had a bit of a chat in the break. So it was Dexis. I mentioned Dexis and Challenger, and you've come up with the other two biggies. Yes, I believe it's uh, Borrell and Suncorp are the other major players that we're reporting. Of course, it's going to be a whole mix. Oh, yeah. These are just the other uh, headline acts, so it's going to be a very busy period. We're having to always have this chat about when we reckon it's going to get towards a peak earnings season. I reckon it's probably the third full week in, which means that not this week, not the week after, but uh, I reckon late February mm. is going to really start to go in jackknife higher, and that's when it becomes like you know, the blood pressure really starts Possibly, to go Possibly, but up. I've been putting in a lot of calls, and a lot of them are centred on... Uh, yeah, week after next. Well, yeah, week after next, I guess. Yeah. We'll see. I'm looking forward to it anyway. I'm, I'm drinking, oh, I need to get match fit. So, yeah. <laughs> so is that why you're, I won't tell everybody what you're wearing right now. <laughs> It'll well, be our secret. Yeah, I've got, I've got to get fit in <laughs> one, one in, in, many, in, yeah, in many <laughs> facets, not just uh, when it comes to the corporate earnings front. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, Scotty, it's always good for a laugh. A and Z. Weekly consumer sentiment, not a laughing matter, nor is a NAV business confidence survey that's due out at 11.30, but word on the street is they're likely to be pretty pretty positive, actually. 
Yeah, I'd be, I'd be very surprised at what's going on. The one thing that's really frustrating still at the moment uh, is we're getting these little niggling border issues that continue to go and flare. I was just having a chat to Koshi outside and we're talking about the SA border restrictions that are in place for a variety of different states, including New South Wales. And just that's the one thing where I think we could probably go and hand ourselves better as a nation and, uh, and give some more clarity because at the moment it's very, very difficult to go and, and travel around the country anywhere. And uh, that's not only ha- uh, impacting uh, our own personal lives, but it's also impacting the ability to go from tourism flows, business and the like. So something we could go and work on, but I would be really surprised we don't see some really positive uh, figures coming out, particularly from the Business Confidence Survey. I'd love to go spend some of my hard-earned money in Adelaide this Easter break, to be totally honest. No, I am just no, itching. Doing, I think you'd be straight out of Adelaide and probably hitting some of the wine regions of which there are numerous world-class ones at your doorstep. I'm not going to take offence to that because um, I'm going to take it that I've got good taste in wine. I'll be going straight there with you. So there we go. <laughs> okay, Jordan Belfort, Wolf of Wall Street. I know you shake your head every time I say he's joining us at 8.30, um, but it'll be, look, it'll be lively. It'll be an interesting discussion to get his take on GameStop, but importantly, where to from here? So he thinks it's a bit of a populist movement. And I wouldn't disagree that there have been elements of that in some of the communication. Whether or not that's the real deal, though, I'll be speaking to him about that at 8.30. And Jumbe Lu. So again, we get a double hit of Tribeca this week. We're so lucky and we love bringing uh, that information to you. June is awesome in reporting season, as you well know, and she will digest those big reports, Dexis, Boral, Challenger, and Suncorp tomorrow for us. Got him intact. <laughs> Mark Richardson from Value Asset Management is coming in. Look, Tim Fung from Airtasker will join us at 140, the company's IPOing sometime this year. We'll get the details there. Uh, look, the list goes on. I won't um, I won't keep it going for much longer. Um, Scotty, I think is that a wrap for this Monday? I'm feeling excited. I feel like we could keep going. Oh, I've got to go get uh, my exercise in to go and get match fit, so I'll, I'll see okay. you all tomorrow. Uh, Loretta Mester is talking overnight. There's nothing really big, though. Otherwise, we hear from Christine Lagarde at the ECB, but um, no big economic data. It was a pretty quiet day here today as well. Yeah, look, it's going to be uh, some Chinese data routes out later in the week as well. We also have Westpac uh, Melbourne Institute Consumer Confidence Survey on Wednesday, which is always interesting. But uh, we have always been the start of the month. It's always front-ended when it comes to economic data, so we often have these periods where you have a bit of dearth of data, so that's going to be one of those weeks here uh, we do get some uh, notable central bank speakers but uh, look a lot has been said on that front and I think we know that policy settings are going to be pretty easy for the time being okay easy does it have a good night everyone or evening or morning whenever you happen to be listening to the COB we look forward to sharing some time with you tomorrow <laughs>